Good morning. I'm glad you're all here. Uh, it's a blessing every time that I get a chance to, to talk to you about God's Word, uh, that the Spirit of God can lay something on my heart to speak to you about. Now this is a rare month because this is twice in three weeks. And y'all have never been forced to listen to me twice in three weeks before. So I hope you can bear it today. Would you pray with me before we jump into our lesson this morning? God, we thank you so much for being here with us. We pray that your presence will be felt amongst us. I pray that you'll watch over us as we study your word, that your word will speak to us, and that we will walk away from here challenged, and that we will walk away from here closer to you. We love you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want you to look at this next slide, uh, this next slide. Okay, I want you to think about what does this say? You know, our minds are amazing. Our minds are very special things. Uh, They have a lot of power. And our minds are able to fill in spots when we can't exactly see a whole word. So let's all say together, what do you see up there? All right, ice cream is good. Go to the next slide. All I did was remove the blocks Uh, I removed those blocks, and these are the letters that were on the last slide. Um, And you just decided for yourself that ice cream is good. Maybe you're craving ice cream this morning, I don't know. Um, But but I'm glad that you were able to to stick with me. But this this just happens sometimes in our life, where we just completely miss the point. Where we've got our mind set on something, you know, now you're not going to pay attention the rest of the time because your mind's set on ice cream. But we get our mind set on something when somebody's talking to us, and we just completely miss the point of what they're trying to say to us. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it is that you've got a lot going on outside of what you're talking about. Uh, maybe in that moment you think you know what someone's going to say, how they're going to finish their sentence, and so you, you go ahead and fill in the gaps. And what happens is you just completely miss the point. And this month, we've started reading our second gospel in our reading together this year, the, the Gospel of Luke. And in fact, if, you don't, if you're not careful when you are reading through the first couple of chapters of Luke, you will miss the point. You will miss the whole point that Luke is trying to make. And I don't want you to miss the point. I want you to see what... He's trying to say to us to see the point that is coming across in his beautiful gospel. So everybody, open your Bibles up to the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 2 is where I want to be. We may look some in chapter 1, but pretty much the whole lesson is going to be in chapter 2. So Luke starts out his gospel writing about Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They're older well advanced in their years, and they've been told that they're expecting a a baby. And you imagine these two older people who are now expecting a child and what that does for them. These two people are well advanced in years. The old man, Zechariah, didn't believe it. And so as you were reading through, there's a really incredible story about Zechariah's mouth being shut because he didn't believe what the angel had told him. So he was mute until the day of his uh, son's birth. Now, I'm thankful that God is not shutting my mouth until the day of my son's birth. That would be difficult for me. 
to be shut. Uh, but, but Zachariah, his mouth is shut until the day of his baby's birth. Some sort of a miracle that God has performed because of his unbelief. And Luke goes on from talking about this old people who are expecting a son to talking about a young virgin who is expecting a son. Her name is Mary. And after finding out she's pregnant with a son, Mary goes over to talk to Elizabeth. And when she goes to talk to Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby leaps in the womb because of her proximity to the Son of God. Very incredible. Both of these babies are born and you're left in awe of what's just happened. You're kind of left to take a step back about what has happened. These incredible events seem somewhat impossible that this couple, these two couples have had a child. And while all these people are propped up in Luke's writing, Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, they're all kind of propped up in Luke's writing. I want you to look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, speaking of Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I love the words that he uses here. Swaddling cloths. And I love these words because it makes Jesus seem so normal. As you all know, and I've talked about it just a minute ago, my wife and I are expecting our first son in May. And I think about the first time we'll have an opportunity to swaddle him up, to comfort him. And it brings a lot of emotions to me. And when I read this in Scripture, and I read about Mary and Joseph wrapping baby Jesus in swaddling cloths, Jesus just seems so ordinary. He just seems so normal. Because that's what happens with every baby. Nothing extraordinary is happening. Jesus didn't come out of the womb walking or doing something crazy that's different than a normal baby. Jesus comes out of the womb and He's comforted by His mother. How special that this is. Look at verse 21. We're jumping down a little bit. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And I love this as well, because eight days after birth, what's happening with Jesus? The same thing that happened to every Jewish son, right? He's circumcised. And then jump down to verses 22 and 23. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So after about, this is about 40 to 50 days into Jesus' life. And you notice what he says there in those verses. As it is written of the law, every male who first opens the womb. Once again, eight days after his birth, Jesus doing what every normal baby is doing, being circumcised. Then you jump 40 to 50 days after His birth, and Jesus is doing the same thing that other babies are doing. He's going to the temple to be offered to the Lord, to be presented to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice for Mary. 
And we get an ins- a little bit of insight into their family. Look at verse 24. We get a little insight into their family. I love Luke's Gospel because even this time, reading through Luke's Gospel, Luke includes details in his story that some of the other Gospels leave out. And you know, you have to read all four Gospels really to get the full, bigger picture of Jesus' life. And I love that Luke, the way he writes, he wants to include lots of detail. So look at verse 24. They're going to offer this sacrifice for Mary and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now if you're reading through this, you might just skip over this part and just say, okay, that's what they offered. But if you go back to the book of Leviticus, now I know we've passed Leviticus and you're thinking when I say that word, you're like, man, I thought we were done with that book. I thought we were past that. But there's some important stuff in the book of Leviticus. If you look at Leviticus 12, verse 8, you don't have to go there. I'm going to read it to you. It says that after the birth of one's child and after the days of purification, they should offer a lamb for the woman's atonement. And if she were unable to afford a lamb, she is to offer two turtle doves or two pigeons. So when we read this, where you would normally try to skip through it, I want you to realize that he's including this to show us the wealth of Jesus' family. They were poor. They didn't have a lot. And they didn't have the money to afford a lamb. They had to offer pigeons or turtle doves. And what's crazy is that Luke continues to make Jesus look as normal as possible. And this is something we do as Christians. We like to come in here and we talk about Christ and how great He is, but the way we live out our lives would make an unbeliever think that Jesus is just normal. That Jesus is just like everybody else. That Jesus is not extraordinary. In fact, that Jesus is very ordinary by the way that we live. And in Luke's Gospel, while he's propping everybody up, he's also reminding us that Jesus is also very normal. But I don't want you to miss the point. I want us to camp out in verses 25-38 through the rest of the way. Because this section of Scripture, and in fact, when I read it this week, it was somewhat new to me. I've heard the story before, but reading it and actually digging into it, I learned some new things, and I think you're going to like it as well. Look at verse 25. Now there was a man. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. So we meet this man named Simeon, and this is the only time in Scripture that we really, in, in Luke's gospel, that we get to talk or read about Simeon. And I want you to notice what it says in these next couple of words about Simeon. Verse 25 still. Whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. How do people describe who you are? When when someone is trying to describe you to someone who may not remember you or may not know who you are, how do they describe who you are? Do they describe you based on where you work? You know... Uh, he works out at the school. Uh, she, she's a mechanic down at the shop down the road. 
Or maybe he's a nurse or she's a lawyer. How do people describe you? Do they describe you by where you work or the way you act at your work? Or do they describe your physical appearance? You know, the short, curly-head, crazy kid. That's how I get described most of the time. How do you get described? When we, when we read how Simeon was described, these two words are pretty special. And I want you to think about the way people view you because the way people viewed Simeon, according to Luke, is righteous and devout. I want you to hear what these words mean. Righteous means morally right or justifiable. And devout means totally committed to a cause or belief. So this is how Simeon was thought of amongst the people. A morally right man who is totally committed to a cause or belief. So now you might be asking, what was his cause? What cause was he committed to? Let's keep reading in verse 25. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. First, it says he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. We live in a society that hates to wait. Last night, on our way back from Crossville, where Allison's family lives, we stopped in Tullahoma at the best restaurant that they have out there. Maybe you know what it is. Chick-fil-A. Okay, Chick-fil-A. We stopped at Chick-fil-A. And you know, Chick-fil-A is known for their wonderful service. You know, you go up to the counter, and I've talked about Chick-fil-A before, so you probably know I really love Chick-fil-A. So you walk up to the counter, and really before you're, you finish saying your order, it's like they, they have it in front of you. It's like magic. Uh, and before you can even pay for it or speak, it's like they're saying, my pleasure, and like sending you on your way. They're not being rude. They're being very kind, actually. But last night was different. We ordered on, our, uh, on the app, the wonderful Chick-fil-A app, where you can gain points and get free Chick-fil-A. So this just gets better and better. So we ordered it on the app. We went in there and we hit, we're here on the app. And then we waited. And it felt so strange because we're in Chick-fil-A and we're waiting. And you know what? For the first time ever, I was in Chick-fil-A and I was starting to get a little frustrated. Because I was having to wait. And, you know, I was actually able to breathe before they brought me my food. And I didn't want to breathe. I wanted to get my food as quick as possible. And so we're standing there and having to wait. And it felt a little unusual. Now, I'm sure there was a lot going on at Chick-fil-A last night. I'm not trying to dog Chick-fil-A. I'm sure they had a lot of business. Maybe they were short, short of hand on who they had to help. But when we have to wait... We start to get frustrated. And we even start to question things. Like, what is going on here? Why am I having to wait? And this guy Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's not waiting on his fast food. He's waiting on something pretty big. In fact, he's waiting on something that many had probably lost hope for. I want you to think about what we've been reading through in the Old Testament I want you to think about the things we've been reading through in the Old Testament. The things that have happened to the people of Israel. The suffering that they've had to go through. Enslavement in Egypt. We read about that. Uh, And their exodus from Egypt. 
maybe we've read about their wandering in the wilderness. Even in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, God reminds the Israelites that if they do not obey, He, he reminds them how He's going to discipline them. He says, you shall be left few in number, and as the Lord took delight in multiplying you and blessing you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you, and you shall be plucked off of the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The discipline of God's people who have continued to disobey throughout Scripture, His Israelites, has been very harsh. And Simeon, just as many other Jews, has been waiting on peace and comfort for God's people. And I imagine that many people have given up hope for peace, for comfort, for God's people. But Simeon is standing in and he's waiting on peace and hope. Let's look at verses 25 and 26 as we keep going. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. After all of his waiting, after all of the suffering of God's people, it has been placed on his heart, this righteous and devout man, that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Christ. He's been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's been led to the temple. And he's been led there to see the Lord's Christ. Imagine living with this kind of purpose in your life, like Simeon. Simeon is living with a special kind of purpose because he knows that before he dies, he is going to see the man who is going to bring peace and comfort and hope to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people. And after the Israelites have waited all these years, you imagine that people around Simeon had given up. Look at verse Look at these next verses, 27 through 32, because I want you to see his reaction. I don't want you to miss this. Verses 27 through 32. And he came in the spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed him. He blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. When everyone else is going about their religious duties, coming in and out of the temple, everyone else is going about that. All the people are seeing ice cream is good. Ice cream is good. But Simeon notices that Jesus, the Savior, is right there. He's right there in the temple. And he says, don't miss the point. Don't miss what's really happening right here under your nose. Don't miss the point that Mary and Joseph have just walked in. And I know he looks normal. I know he's in swaddling cloths just like every other baby. But this is not every other baby. This is Jesus. The Savior of the world. And Simeon, he wants them to get it. And today, I want to say something special to you. Don't miss the work that God is doing through you, through the Holy Spirit in your life, 
because you are waiting on God to act the way you want Him to. Now I want to say that one more time because I don't want you to miss that. Don't miss the work that God is doing in your life through the Holy Spirit because you are waiting on God to act the way you want Him to act. Do we do that? How many times do we walk through life and we miss what God is doing in the moment because we're so worried about waiting on God to do what we want Him to do? These people in the temple, they're waiting on God to come in and set up camp on the earth and they're missing the point. And I want us to be like Simeon. I want us to see what God is doing in our life. I want to see what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. Instead of being people who hate our jobs, instead of being people who are miserable in our work, or waiting and longing for a better situation, let's be people who say, God, use me right where I am. Use me right where you have me. Help me to see what, it, what you are doing here. God, I don't understand why you have me in this job right now, but help me to see why you placed me here. How about instead of being people who up and walk out on our marriages and leaving our families behind, let's be people who say, God, I know you can restore my marriage. God, I know that you can protect my family. Help me to see how you're going to do that. Help us to fight for our family. Instead of being people who want everyone else around us to change and become who we want them to be, may we be people who say, God, help me to see Your glory in the people around me. Even the people I struggle to see it in. Let me see their talents and let me see the image of Your Son in them. You see how that works? Because too often we're waiting on God to do what we want Him to do that we don't even see what He's doing. And Simeon, I love this story because Simeon doesn't want you to miss the point. Simeon completely gets it. Look at verses 34 and 35. Or 33 and 34, excuse me. And his father and mother marveled at what he was what was said about him even mary and joseph were missing the point even mary and joseph missed what was happening in their own life and and when simeon talks about their son they're marveling about it verse 34 and 35 and simeon blessed them and says to mary his mother behold this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many, from many hearts may be revealed. In a sense, he's crying out to Mary, don't miss what's happening. Don't miss what the Holy Spirit, don't miss what God is doing in your life. Your son is not normal. Even though this picture that's painted makes him look very normal, he is very extraordinary. And he is bringing peace to the Israelites, to the Jewish people. 
And then we're introduced to another person. A woman named Anna, a prophetess of the tribe of Asher. I want you to read what is said about her in verse 36. There's a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. So now we have an old lady who's old and advanced in years. Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. Verse 37, and then as a widow until she was 84. I want you to hear what she, Anna, was doing. She did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. We're introduced to a humble servant who is old and advanced in years. She spent day and night fasting and worshiping in the temple. Anna's a little different than Simeon. Simeon was led to the temple on this particular day to see the Savior, to be led to see Jesus. Anna's different. She has not been led to the temple by the Spirit that day. Anna's at the temple because that's where she's at every single day. That's where she's at every single day. She's a prophetess. But we have no indication that she knew Jesus would be there that day. Instead, she's there every single day looking for Jesus, looking for the Savior. This woman gets it. She knows what Jesus offers. She knows that He offers something that she doesn't have on earth. She gets it. And she knows she can't get what He offers anywhere else, anywhere she searches. She can't get it anywhere else but through the Savior. And I want you to look what happens when you're sold out for Christ. When you are in the moment and you are looking for the Savior and you're looking for the Holy Spirit's work in your life, Anna is a great example, just like Simeon, of what happens when you, when you are seeing Him at work in your life. Verse 38, And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to, the, to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She gave thanks to God. And she, she told every single person she saw about what Jesus offered her. That Jesus offered her something that was different. Don't keep waiting and looking in the wrong places for Jesus. Don't keep waiting and looking for Jesus to, to act just how you want Him to act, or God to act just like you want Him to act. Don't be waiting on the Holy Spirit to take you to this much better place. Or the Holy Spirit to lead you to a place where you feel like you can be much more effective. Instead, as Simeon and as Anna, don't miss the point. Don't keep waiting. The only way you're ever going to get to get it is if you live your life with true, unrelenting purpose and guidance from the Holy Spirit. I've heard the saying... Maybe from some of you, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Look for the ways that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is wanting to use you where you are, where your feet are. And you may be lost in that. You may be struggling to see the purpose of where you're at. And you've lost faith in God. Maybe you've lost hope in God, just as the people of Israel. They've been waiting for so long for, for Christ to bring peace and hope into their life that they lost hope 
And maybe you feel like you've lost hope in the situation that you're in. And you need to rededicate yourself. You need to come back to Christ and you need to say, Christ, help me to see what you're doing in me. I don't see it right now. But open my eyes and help me to see what you're doing. Help me to be where my feet are. Or maybe you've never made that commitment to Christ. You've been waiting and waiting on something big to happen in your life, but you have yet to step closer to Christ yourself. And you need to be baptized into Christ. You need to accept Him as your Lord and Savior and going down into these waters to become one with Him through His blood. You know, we offer an invitation song every single week. And, and we also have two elders that are stationed in a room out this door and to your left that you can go with and pray with. Talk about the things that you're struggling with. And, and this morning, I want you to think about this. How can you be more where you are? How can you be more in tune with the Spirit's work in your life right where you are? Whatever way you need to do that, I hope that you'll do it today. I hope that you'll quit waiting on God to do what you want Him to do and start letting Him do what He is doing in your life. If you have a need this morning, I pray that you'll come forward as we stand and sing.